Welcome to the Chicago Business Review, where we introduce you to some of the most successful and sharpest minds from my hometown, Chicago, so that you can find out the secrets that have helped these professionals achieve massive success. If you want to accelerate your growth in your personal and professional life so that you can do more, have more, give more, and ultimately live the life you've always desired, then sit back and stay tuned in because you are in the right place. I'm your host, Young Lee, and you are listening to the Chicago Business Review. All right. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Chicago Business Review. I am your host, Young Lee, and we are so excited that you are joining us this week. (laughs) Today, we have on the show Scott Griziak, one of my dear friends and the co-founder and executive director for Grip Outreach for Youth. He has been doing this for over a decade. I first met him when he came to speak at our church a long time ago and presented this idea of life-on-life mentorship and ministry for the fatherless youth in the city of Chicago. And now we just had a virtual fundraiser for GRIP. And it was such an amazing blessing and such a great success to see. We will discuss all of those things and find out a little bit more about Grip and Scott. So without further ado, let's welcome in Scott to the podcast. Hey, Scott. Hey, hey, my man. Hey, Young. Uh, What a privilege it is to be here with you this afternoon. Oh, my goodness. No, thank you so much for doing this. Like I mentioned before, you are one of my dear friends. But more than that, you are somebody that I look up to for the amazing things that you're doing, not only for the organization and your ministry, but also just for the youth in the city of Chicago and elsewhere. So I guess the first thing is, could you tell us a little bit about GRIP? outreach for youth? Sure. Uh, Our mission at GRIP is to invest in the lives of Chicago youth uh, here in our city through Christ-centered life-on-life relationships. And uh, when we say Christ-centered life-on-life, we're really talking about really walking alongside of young people, not only in a program, maybe meeting them in a program or inside the Chicago public high schools, but then really um, building that relationship where it extends outside the walls of a program. And as you're going you know, shopping or you're going to the bank or you're going to the store or you're going to cook some food up for some friends and family or going to church or uh, maybe going to play ball or watch a game. Uh, you bring a young person with you and you start to do life with them uh, to mentor them really uh, and uh, show them and model for them that there's maybe a different way that uh, as they're growing up, there might be a different way to live than maybe what they're seeing uh, from their peers around them or from what's going on on the streets of the city. And so really, uh, that's what we do at Grip Outreach for Youth. We train up adults. We have an army of adults. We connect them with uh, kids uh, through a SLAM outreach program, or uh, we place adults uh, as volunteers inside the Chicago public high schools. 
And uh, really all for uh, the, the main goal is to build relationships with youth and their families and then just to start walking life with them. And uh, that's what we do. We're a Christ-centered organization. So we saw this modeled out uh, when Jesus uh, walked. He actually walked with uh, 12 dudes and uh, he yeah. just they went everywhere with him, whether he was going to teach or preach or heal or uh, whatever Jesus was doing. They were with him 24-7. And so really, that's uh, the model that we have to share with people uh, as mentors, as adults. Hey, would you open up your life, your dinner table uh, to a young person? That's awesome. And uh, of course, I've been a big fan of the organization and what you guys have been doing for a number of years. But I'm so glad that we're able to share that with the people that are listening and or watching. Now, I know you had an MBA from the University of Chicago, which is one of the great learning institutions, uh, not only in this country, but in the world. And you were in marketing and you had so many other jobs. How did you decide to make that shift from what the world might view as successful to venture off into helping start up this organization? You know, I believe, uh, well, at least for me personally, um, I got my career. I got started uh, actually going to Japan. Uh, you know, in the 70s and the 80s, the Japanese companies were buying up everything in the U.S. And there was this race for technology and semiconductors and whatnot, the production and manufacturing of those. And so uh, when I was coming up as a young buck, I wanted to be in the mix of that. And so I started studying Japanese. I actually started my career in Japan. I, I lived there for four years. And I uh, came back and I uh, got an MBA and, and, and all of those things. And so really uh, for me as a young man at that time, I was really uh, living for uh, maybe all of the wrong reasons in that uh, I was seeking after, I was very ambitious and I was seeking after corporate status, power, money. And uh, of course, um, when I was a young man, you know, I, I, yeah, I discovered women. And so I was chasing women, you know, and uh, wanted to... Uh, really uh, live for myself in that regard. And, uh, you know, and when I was 28 years old, uh, I came to faith in Christ in a very radical way. I met Jesus in a very radical way. And he basically took my economy and flipped it upside down. And so uh, the hope then was that that he would uh, use the business career that he had given me the path and the privilege to go to such a school as the University of Chicago, that he would use that and uh, make a way for me to uh, actually pouring to young folks in the city of Chicago. And, uh, and so that's what we've been doing uh, ever since. So we actually started an outreach program in 1999. Uh, so we've actually been doing this outreach program for two decades. And we've been uh, slowly uh, building up our organization uh, to try to reach more young people and not only uh, reach them uh, to mentor them, but then also to help prepare them for adulthood. Um, so we want them to grow holistically in their faith, of course, and uh, in academically, and then we want to prepare them for adulthood. And so we have a program that we layer on top called Future Steps. We're hoping to get young people jobs, job experiences, internships, exposure to different industries, uh, trying to educate them about uh, how to save money and how to put a budget together and how to prioritize time as an adult as they grow into adulthood. So really they can uh, start being prepared to care for their family and for their future. And so uh, that's a just a passion of ours uh, here. And so anyway, but yeah, I would just say that I was going one direction and uh, moving for all the wrong reasons. And then 
Uh, I met the Lord in a radical way. And he basically took all of that and just moved it in another direction uh, by the grace of God. And uh, yeah, it's been a privilege, real privilege. That's incredible. So, and now I know we are over 20 years in with the organization and you guys have done such amazing things. It started out with SLAM, which is that outreach program that you're talking about where kids from the inner cities can come and play games and just hear a message and just be around other people and leaders that love and care for them. Of course, you could have gone into a lot of different ministries. Why focus on inner city youth and the fatherless youth? Like, where did that come about from? Yeah, you know, um, I grew up, my dad left when I, uh, our home when I was four back in the very early 70s. Um, you know, it, it was kind of rare at that time. You know, divorce wasn't very common in the community that I was growing up in. I always had a burden for young people um, that grew up in homes without their fathers, right? And so I would say that uh, when I uh, came to faith uh, and I wanted to start to get involved and serve, you know, I was looking for, uh, you know, where, where I can get involved. And uh, somebody invited me to uh, a fundraising event and they were actually teaching. Uh, my cousin was teaching school uh, inside Cabrini Green at the local grammar school there. And she just started to tell me all the stories of the young people there and all of the maybe the trauma that they had faced in their lives uh, growing up socioeconomically uh, challenged uh, in poverty or growing up uh, around addiction to maybe some drugs or alcohol or maybe having siblings or family members incarcerated. But uh, what really struck me was the number of uh, students that were growing up in a fatherless home. The Lord used that to stir in my heart and uh, brought up my past. And I had some other addictions as well. Growing up as a young man at the age of 11, I discovered pornography, that I could view that every night for a couple hours in my home and uh, found a way to do that and uh, just got addicted to, to all that uh, that encompasses and uh, just struggled with lust through almost all of my teen years into my early 20s and uh, until that time that I came to faith um, and was freed of that. And so when I started to volunteer in Cabrini Green to uh, play basketball with some young guys and start to mentor them, a lot of them came from fatherless homes. A lot of them had immediate access to things like pornography and uh, were very sexually active and they were struggling in their academics and they loved basketball. And so we had some things in common. And so uh, <laughs> as you, I stepped out to serve on, uh, on day one, God started to grow my heart and, um, and just give me more of a vision for what it could look like to get more adults involved and trained up and encouraged. And uh, we really created an organization because many of the adults when we started the outreach program, we, we did some recruiting and training. We'd go to local churches throughout the city to raise up people. And uh, we found that uh, the adults would just quit soon thereafter because it's really, really a challenging uh, ministry. They were coming in with all these expectations that they were going to save young people. And, and uh, they would come in with expectations that, you know, they would be best friends with the student that they were pouring into in no time. And their expectations were like way over here. And their experience was way over here. And uh, we call that the quick gap when your expectations and your experiences, they're so far apart. And so we realized that we needed to do a much better job and build an organization around training and equipping and continuing to coach and walk with the adults so that they would be encouraged and they wouldn't burn out or they wouldn't quit when they don't see the results in the time that they want to uh, see it. 
And quite honestly, you know, the young folks, um, at least when we first started in the Cabrini Green neighborhood, man, they've seen people, especially the church, people come into the neighborhood and just leave and come and go and come and go. And so it was time for uh, young folks to see people come and share their faith, but also then stay and live it out before them. And uh, there's a big difference there uh, if you're willing to stay and uh, tough it out when things get difficult. And uh, it's really hard outside of having those expectations set and outside of a community to help support that. So we pour into not only young people, but we pour into the adults that are serving as well. Uh, It's very, very important. That's so incredible. And I know we've had conversations over the years and I have mentioned to you as well that my father left us when I was four. And so I also have a passion for fatherless youth. And luckily I've had great role models and mentors in my life that have poured into me to help me get to where I am. And of course, my mother always praying over me and my brother. Uh, So by the grace of God, we are here living a life that, you know, we're blessed to have. And so it is amazing to see, though, that you keep giving back to the community and that that's how you got into it. Now, you mentioned a couple of things. I just want to stop you. Like, it's a, people are like, man, you gave up an MBA and this career. And I'm just like, no, it, it's not like that at all. Not, not a single day has gone by that I'm like, wow, look at what I get. No, it's not. <laughs> it's been a, an absolute privilege to be a, a part of God's plan. We're all, you know, uh, his creation and, and uh, we're all a small part of his bigger plan. For me, I never, I never think about it that way. You know, and, and I, I try to let people know it's been a joy and a privilege. Um, and so for whatever that's worth. I no, wanna... I, I appreciate that you shared that because I would imagine a lot of people that are going to listen and or watch this are going to be kind of stuck on that uh, decision that you made. Mm-hmm. And it's not maybe the most logical decision, but the decision to follow Christ, that's not a logical decision. And to see you live it out, to see you committed to the cause of what you guys are trying to do to really build up the youth in the city of Chicago, and now seeing the people that you guys have poured into years ago also become mentors and become part of the staff. And then continue on in that cycle has been, I think, one of the most encouraging things for me being a part of it for a number of years like this. So I really wanted to commend you on that. Now, I know it is a ministry that you guys are working, but at the same time, in order for you to grow and expand and attract more people, there has to be some sort of order and structure and things like that. How do you guys make your decisions in terms of like expanding into the schools or things like that? Is it something that you decide? Is there a group of people? Could you elaborate on that? I would say that, um, man, uh, the Lord has been gracious with that. Um, Many of the things that we do, we feel have been Holy Spirit led uh, in that when when I left the marketplace to come and uh, start a 501c3 called GRIP back in 2004, uh, you know, I I put together a five-year business plan for ministry. 
And so five years into that, we looked at that plan and we were like, wow, it was incredible. We had the, about the same number of staff as the five-year plan called for. And we had about the amount that the budget grew about that. But the way that we were going about the ministry looked very different than what I put down on paper. Uh, in fact, um, a couple years after that, or in, in that direction, around 2009, 2010, uh, we actually onboarded a young man to help us build out uh, the scriptures to hip hop music, uh, word for word, because we were uh, finding that as we were trying to get young people into the word of God and study the Bible together so that they can see that there might be some encouragement in that and how to live their lives. Many of the young people that we were meeting were illiterate and that they couldn't actually read at the eighth grade level, which would be required of particular translations of the Bible for them to be able to internalize that. So we we, we took a left turn uh, instead of expanding more more outreach. We said, look, this is kind of an integral part of this. And, and uh, we need to actually have this as a part of life on life for our young people to actually grow uh, spiritually and, uh, and emotionally. And so we decided to invest in creating that. And that, that's called Streetlights. We spun it off. It's now its own separate 501c3. There's oh, an wow. app. Uh, a free app. It's free. Right. So nobody's making you know a ton of money on that, but it's being used all over the country and if not the world uh, for young people that could listen to the scriptures, intake the scriptures, as well as read at, at the same time they're reading. And it's put to hip hop music in the backdrop, and which is the language of a lot of our young people. So that's just an example of, man, I didn't foresee that uh, back in 2004 when we incorporated and uh, now that's its own thing. They're doing a Spanish version. Uh, they're doing uh, some African languages. It's just been amazing where, where God has taken that and uh, Esteban Shed and, and the Streetlights team. And so I would just say that, um, you know, we have a group of frontline pastoral ministers that are in the neighborhoods doing ministry in the schools. We come, uh, you know, every week and we chop it up. And then we once a year go off and we plan and we say, okay, where's the Lord taking us? And they have their input into that. And uh, then we, we have a board that we're accountable to, to make sure that we're actually accomplishing the mission. And uh, we would present, uh, you know, those goals and those, those ideas that we have. And then we put a dollar amount, a budget together and they approve that. And, uh, and then we try to execute as best we can. And so we've, we've seen the Lord you know, move us in different directions from time to time, but that's really at his hand. But I would say our team here does a great job of seeing what's on the ground, seeing what the needs are, and uh, we try to incorporate that and, and make adjustments as we go. So uh, like uh, a couple things that I took away from that is that it's so important to have a plan, <laughs> uh, to have it written out, to have goals so that you know the direction at which you want to go. Sometimes it doesn't work out exactly the way you planned it because mm -hmm. ultimately we are not in control. But without having that plan, you're really kind of rudderless no matter what organization you're trying to run or mm -hmm. help navigate. And then the other thing that I took away from what you just said is it's so important to find great people That's that right. you can rely on and work with because a lot of times it's difficult for just one person to try and have a vision or a lot of times my mentor says to me, sometimes you need outside eyes or it's hard to read the label from inside the bottle. So it's very important to have that group of people that are contributing, that are 
helping navigate. And uh, that's amazing that you guys had a five-year plan and everything kind of worked out that way. But you guys still, every year, work on planning, work on a budget, work on which direction you want it to grow. And from there, you guys were able to start Streetlights, which like Scott was saying, you can download that app for free on any app store. So please go Mm -hmm. and check it out. It is amazing. Amazing. I have it on my phone. Uh, Maybe I'll try to show you guys in a little bit, but incredible work that Esteban is doing. I mean, amazing. But Young, just to, just to kind of hammer that point home, when COVID hit, you know, we, our outreach to our youth called slam that we've been doing for 20 years, we just were ready to replicate that in Austin. And we're, we're hoping to have slam events all over the city. And a, a slam event would look like maybe 100 to 125 teenagers coming together with a, 100 to 125 adults. And so you got 250 people in a building that are moving around, you know, very, very um, carefully mapped out, you know, um, and carefully designed a program that's um, there's not a lot of just, hey, just we'll wing it tonight. We, we plan out every detail and how kids are going to move, uh, even transition in the hallways. Uh, so you got a lot of hype, a lot of energy, a lot of uh, games, a lot of team building, a lot of teaching, a lot of small group discussions. And so all of that's coordinated really well. COVID hit and all of a sudden, what do you do? Because you can't have 250 people in one place. And, uh, and what does that look like? And so really our team here, I didn't come up and redesign things. Our team here came up with a plan. And so now we've broken that up into five locations. And so we've had, you know, 15 to 20 students uh, with 15 to 20, you know, adults and now we were just told uh, as of early as of a couple of days ago that it has to be 25 or less in a room. And now we're like, OK, so maybe we have to add some more locations and get smaller. But we, we don't want to stop running after life on life with our students because we know that there's going to be a grave, grave cost to that as well. And so uh, so we need to continue to pursue young people and uh, especially for their education. No CPS right now is is it's not a good plan for uh, a lot of our students. They don't have the environment to actually do well on their own. In any event, we're trying to get after it. But that was a great example of how our team really mobilized, put their best thoughts together, put a plan together, and uh, have adjusted. And even again, this last week, we're like, okay, <laughs> let's turn. All right. Yeah. What, are you, what are you doing in and through this? And so uh, uh, we're just trying to continue to get after that. But what you said is very true. It's got to be a team of people and uh, that you lean on and constantly uh, have them get their feedback and what they see and um, and then have that inform the plan moving forward. Yeah, no, I everyone that I interact with at GRIP is just so impressive in what they're doing. But I think the focus on the main goal. So it's like you guys have a clear goal and objective. And that's why like even when COVID hits or quarantine or, you know, limiting the size of gatherings, because you have such clarity in what you want to achieve, you're able to pivot, you're able to navigate around it. Of course, it's not easy. (laughs) I can't imagine how difficult it's been for you guys over the last year, but uh, to see you guys continually stay focused, because I would imagine if you didn't have that clarity of focus, 
some of these things might knock you off and you'd be like, you know what, maybe we wait it out. And, but it's the cadence at which you try and invest in these children or these teenagers or young adults over time is what builds that relationship. And so kudos to you guys for constantly figuring out new innovative ways that you can still invest in these kids. Because you were mentioning CPS, which for people that don't know, Chicago public schools are closed. And so now they have nowhere to go or they don't have internet access. And so it's so much more critical that people are there to invest, to really be there for them so that they know like when times are tough, I can lean on or I can rely on this person. And that's why that mentorship thing that you guys do, not only for the students, but I know you guys also do that for the leaders where like you're constantly investing in the leadership so that they don't get burned out because it is exhausting no matter who you are to consistently do anything for an extended period of time. So uh, that's one of the great things that you guys do is you invest not only in the youth, but that you invest in the leaders that are investing in the youth so that no one burns out and that they feel like they're a part of something greater than themselves. So amazing. We try. Yeah, we yeah. try. But um, I, I would just say that um, whether you're in a ministry like ours full time or whether you are in real estate, or whether you're working for Google or, you know, all of that, I, I believe is a part of, you know, building the kingdom. It's, it's all a part of investing in God's plan. And there's people at Google and there's people as, you know, you're going around selling real estate that need to be loved on and need to be ministered to. Those are all ministries in my mind. And so, you know, the scriptures are real clear, you know, work as if you're working unto the Lord, as if you're serving the Lord with excellence. Right. And so, that applies to all of us and to really put everything wherever the Lord has us in our vocation, in our homes, um, that we're to do that as if we're serving the Lord. And um, I think that has to be the perspective, not only for us here at Grip, but for, for you as you're in the real estate industry or for the people that uh, might be watching this, that might be teachers or lawyers or business folks. No, that that's such a great point. And that you're in the spot that you're in for a reason. So just understand that and understand that no matter where you're at right now, if you give your all, if you're always striving to do the best that you can, you will find benefit in that. You will be rewarded, maybe not financially or the way that you think, but you might have a major impact on someone else's life that you encounter that then goes on to do amazing things as well. So it's yeah. never like, oh, I can't have impact. Oh, I'm too low in the organization. Oh, I don't have an important job. So whoever you are, when you work with excellence, like you were saying, you will inevitably have impact because you are there for a reason. You are doing what you are doing for a reason. So thank you so much for sharing that, my man. Another thing is you said every year you guys set like a plan, you guys make a budget just like any other organization. Right. And then you, because you are a 503C charity. Um, okay. yes, yeah, yes. So then you have to figure out how to fund that budget. So 
every year you guys have great um, fundraisers or gatherings, golf outings, things like that to get people involved. This year, we weren't able to do the big grip gala where you have just an amazing setup and structure and hundreds and hundreds of people come and gather and they get to interact with one another, hear amazing speakers, watch great entertainment and bid on auction items. This year, you were not able to do that. So can you share a little bit about how you guys pivoted and what the outcome was for that? You know, this is new territory for all nonprofits. Uh, so we couldn't gather uh, as we love to be life on life with students and then with our volunteers who are pouring into the students. We love to be life on life with the people that support us, our financial partners. And, uh, you know, Young, you've been a part of GRIP. So the way that we view it is if you're a financial partner, you're as much a part of this ministry as I am or if uh, uh, any of our pastoral staff or, our, you know, uh, our office manager, you know, we're, we're all on the team. And we couldn't do what we do without people to come alongside of us financially. And so our financial partners, this is their ministry as much as it is ours. And so how do you then connect with people? And so what we asked people to do was where they felt comfortable in their COVID bubble is to maybe invite a couple over for dinner or a couple couples in the backyard, uh, socially distanced, and maybe set up a TV in your backyard. And what we did, we did a virtual gala. And, um, And so we had... By God's grace, you know, we had people from not only the Chicagoland area, but we had people from around the country come and view that. And uh, they were able to give, uh, we did a live feed and um, tried to emulate what we would do in a, a, a gala event. And uh, people just gave generously. So we thought it was really, really important for people to get together, even amidst COVID, uh, and do that as, as comfortably and as safely as People felt that was wise to do that and adhere to all the guidelines that the government has given us. Uh, but there's something unique about breaking bread together and engaging even the screen, you know, as a, as a group of people in community, as opposed to just sitting at home by yourself remotely. And um, I would say that uh, about uh, more than half of our viewers did that. And they had a, just an amazing time in community participating and uh, watching us raise money. We had a thermometer and we watched it go up and we had a million dollar goal, which we, we kind of brought it down from years past because we're like, it's COVID. We don't know if people, you know, if they have money left to give, if they're struggling, if they lost their job and, and God just like crushed that goal and he stirred in people's hearts and uh, we raised well above it. And so that was our approach. Um, so it was really cool to see people rally around uh, the, our ministry and uh, be ambassadors and invite people into their homes to, to actually usher them into the ministry. So young that you were a part of doing that. And so we couldn't do it without people then being ambassadors for us. And again, it's about a part of building a team. I think we had 1500 people and uh, maybe uh, 144 cities. Uh, That's incredible, man. That was incredible. Talking about, you know, Schaumburg is a city and, you know, uh-huh. yeah. But it was kind of neat to kind of see that. And uh, yeah. So I'm hoping just for selfish reasons that when things get back to normal, that uh, the gala will resume or are you guys going to yeah, continue you know, the virtual thing of, or maybe both? Step backwards, right? So uh, yeah. they just shut down restaurant eating altogether. 
So we really don't know what to expect. Uh, we were hoping to get back to our normal April gala, and um, yeah, we'll just have to see what the Lord has you know planned for us. We might be doing another virtual gala next year. We only want to ask people once a year. You know, we don't want to be having two events a year, and so that's not our intention. But I think at our gala this last year, we raised 60% of our annual budget. And so it's a big deal to us. And uh, so for whatever that's worth, we'll, we'll have no, to No, that, that's incredible. Now, if people are listening and watching, how could they support you guys? Like, can they donate, like, on the, your website? Yeah, so absolutely. So our burden is still to raise the other 40% of, you know, our, our fiscal year will end. Actually, it ends June. Uh, so we go to July to June. And so uh, so my role and some of the other folks here, uh, our role is to make sure that we get funded for that so we can keep going. So if you'd like to partner with us financially, you can go to uh, www.gripyouth, G-R-I-P-Y-O-U-T-H, gripyouth.com or gripyouth.com slash give. There's a place where you can sign up as a monthly donor or you can sign up uh, to give a one-time gift at any dollar amount. But that's pretty much the easiest way uh, to get connected on the financial partnership side of things. Uh, you can also go there and uh, contact us to if you want to join our prayer team and uh, pray for the ministry. And uh, if you'd like to volunteer for the ministry, you can also contact us via the website at www w.gripyouth.com. And uh, we'll contact you. If you contact us via the website, we'll be in touch with you to volunteer, to pray, or to give. That's awesome. And we'll have the uh, website link in the show notes. So please, if you can, just go check out the website. You can see a little bit more in detail of all of the different things that they are doing. And like I had mentioned too, it has a very special place in my heart. And so please check out the website. If you can give, please try to help out. And if not, like Scott was saying, even prayer partners or volunteering, all of those things are equally as important. So please go check out the website, www.gripyouth.com. And then we briefly touched on it, Scott, but you guys have had SLAM, which is the gathering of all the youth and they come once a week and they play games and they interact and they have leaders there and they have small group, they hear a message. And then you guys have awesome music throughout, uh, just an amazing energy. But you did mention that you guys do some other things as well, like in the schools, as yeah. well as the Next Steps type program. Could you elaborate on those two programs? Sure. Um, so we're currently looking for um, remote learning tutors to help encourage young people as they're uh, taking their online classes and then uh, having to do homework on the other side of that. So where previously we would um, place people inside of the Chicago public high schools as volunteers, as tutors, teacher aides. We can't do that now because the Chicago public schools are all closed. But every day here in the office, we've opened up our office and we have desks and chairs and we have students and their mentors kind of coming through to help them uh, in their day-to-day learning. And so if that's of interest to you, we don't have enough. We can always take more tutors uh, on if you'd like to volunteer in that capacity. And if you're a business owner or a manager of a business and and have the authority to help put into place an internship or a a job for young people, you you can be a part of our Future Steps program. 
Our young people are constantly uh, looking for uh, work opportunities and uh, we need to give them exposure to different industries and different opportunities. And then we need to train them and equip them and build up their work ethic. And then of course, we need to actually give them real life experiences. And so we have several business owners that have given out uh, three month apprenticeships or internships and others that have given full-time jobs. And uh, it's just been amazing. You watch a young person's worldview just open as they you know, get to experience different things. Um, so uh, if you're a business owner or a manager, uh, please contact us if you'd like to get a young person a job. Yeah, no, being able to hear some of the testimonies and success stories of that program. And again, what we were saying earlier is that, oh, you know what, maybe I'm not as impactful or, oh, all I can do is offer a internship or something like that. Like that impact on another person's life is so dramatic and you can't oh. underestimate that. So and we also have a, our first scholarship fund uh, was created this year. We actually helped to fill the financial gap for four students as we sent them off to college. And so if you'd like to participate in that way, then that would be fantastic as well. We'd like to grow that fund and uh, double the number of students that we've sent this next year. Amazing. So like, how do you guys think of what programs to do next? I mean, there's so much need out there, but like, how do you guys prioritize like, okay, next we want to do this. Next we want to do this. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's always a challenge, right? Uh, as the next dollar comes into the organization, what do we do? Do we give our staff a raise because they don't make market value? Uh, or do we uh, try to open up a new slam site or do we uh, send more students to college? You know, those are always going to be very difficult challenges. And that's a part of our planning process in the year. Uh, we literally go off, uh, we get out of the city with our team and we go on a, a three, four day retreat, seek the Lord, and then we start to put plans together. And then over the course of the next two months, we kind of hone in on what goals we'd like to achieve for the year. Then we have to start working on putting a dollar amount to that as we put together the budget. So literally from late January, early February to our new year, July 1st, we, we have to put those plans together, put dollars to that, tweak those things, bring those to the board, see if we're approved worthy, right? And then kind of go back and forth and then have something up and running by July. Those are some of the biggest burdens that I have. It's like, wow, okay, with this next dollar, uh, where do we invest? And, um, and so that's where you have the wisdom of a, a team of people that know what our kids need and then you, you also have then an, another team of people that could, at a high level, have oversight of that and just make sure that we're doing what we said we're going to do and uh, make sure that we're stewarding over the finances like we said we were going to steward. And that's pretty much how we put those things together. The greatest example I could give is we, we had a, a big heart to have multiple outreach locations uh, a couple of years ago. And we we're like, but we also realized that the students that were growing in their faith as they were graduating high school, some of them had mentors like you, Young, that would help prepare them for the business world and their, you know, how to get a job or how to get off to college. And you'd help them shake hands and look someone in the eyes and say, squeeze harder. And you'd help them put together a resume. But in other cases, the mentor might have moved to Boston to take a job. And there wasn't a mentor there to help 
you know, uh, when that student was 19 or 20 and they didn't have the skills necessarily to go. And so we were seeing some of those students fall off. And so we said, well, you know what? Systemically, we need to systematically maybe help prepare all of our students for adulthood. And we need to do a better job of that. And so that's why we invested in Future Steps a couple of years ago. And so we said we have to, the youth that we have in our sites, we just need to do a better job of preparing them all the way into adulthood as they grow before we continue to expand in the uh, number of students that we're outreaching or reaching out to. And so th that comes through prayer and wrestle. And uh, there's no simple, there's no simple uh, easy solution to those things. Yeah, no, I, I'm just so amazed at the great things that you guys are doing. Um, now, growing up, did you have a mentor or like even now, is there people that you look to for guidance or how did that mentorship yeah. thing yeah. Up was, uh, was, was a little bit difficult, which is why until I was 28, I got myself into so much trouble and I created so much trouble. Uh, but um, uh, I would say that um, God has put uh, men in my life, you know, and brothers in my life that um, I'm, I'm doing life on life with. And so I got a couple of brothers that when it hits the fan for me, they know it and they're praying for me and they're encouraging me. And then when it hits the fan for them, you know, I'm praying for them and I'm, I'm over at their house and trying to lift them up. And so that's a, it's been a mutual journey, but I would say that having men, uh, if you're a dude, having uh, men in your life that will speak into you that um, don't know just a little bit of your story, right? Because we tend to do that as men. We like tell this person this slice and this person gets this slice and nobody really knows all of us, right? And so I would say intimacy in that regard uh, in relationship is absolutely essential to have uh, two or three men that really know all of you at, at a minimum. And so when, when you're going through times of joy, you're sharing that with them. And then when you're going through really tough seasons, you're sharing that with them and then they can be pointing you to God's word and they could be encouraging you and, and walking with you and stirring you up. And so uh, I think that's so important. And if you're a dudette, you know, like my wife has some ladies in her life that are, and they're doing the same thing. They're walking. That's why we believe in life on life. We don't believe in a life that's isolated. It doesn't honor God if you're isolated, uh, that you just have this exterior shell and Facebook, everybody's smiling. And, you know, that's not life and that's not real. And so um, we, we are big believers in, in walking openly in life on life relationships, not just for our students, but for us as well. That's awesome. Yeah, no, I feel like what you said there in terms of transparency, in terms of investing in other people and having those people also invest in you is so critical, not only in ministry, but in business and any endeavor that you are trying to do, you cannot do it all on your own. So make sure that you're always seeking out people in your life that will pour wisdom and guidance but also love and compassion into your life. Without that, it is so much more difficult to try and figure it out on your own. So, yeah, because we're gonna fail. I mean, yeah. we're gonna fail many times over. We're gonna fail in our relationships with our with our spouses. We're gonna fail in our friendships. We're gonna fail as business leaders or ministry leaders. We're gonna fall short of the glory of God, not just once, but many times. And that's why God says, continue to meet together, continue to spur each other on continue to uh, speak a word and exhort one another. And, um, and so that's what we're called to do 
And so, yeah, there you have it. That's awesome, man. I know I've kept you for quite some time, so we'll be wrapping up here shortly, but I can't tell you how much I appreciate the time and also you in my life. You are one of those people that always reaches out to me and pours into me. So thank you so much for that, man. But uh, for our listeners, what's maybe something that people might not know about you, Scott? Like, either a guilty pleasure or something that's just a little weird that people are like, Oh, I would never have thought that about Scott. Man. Well, I'll tell you, um, my wife has been a gift to me. If you haven't met her, man, she is just, I I don't deserve my wife. I don't know how that happened, but God definitely answered a prayer for me to put her in my life. And I would say that the thing that we really enjoy to do because we're old and we have five kids, (laughs) a lot of energy, but we love to have another couple over at our house or we can go over to their house now since we have built-in babysitters and our kids. That's um, right. We love a good glass of Cabernet from California or from Washington State. Um, I believe that um, Jesus's first miracle was a Napa cab, water <laughs> Napa cab. But that's uh, that's really, uh, you know, on, on a night we might, you know, my wife and I might open up a bottle and we drink like half. My wife barely drinks a glass. And then I, I drink a couple of glasses. We cork it up and we finish the bottle the next day. So if you ever want to have us over, if you have some a great bottle of wine, you know, we would love to uh, participate in that with you. And yeah. if you just want to send one over to us. You know, you can do that. Too. <laughs> uh, That's right. Do that in fellowship, right? In relationship. That- yeah, no, Scott has yeah. so much knowledge. It was, he did a wine tasting uh, event for us. And just the amount of knowledge that you have about wine was incredible, man. And yet it was such a great night. And again, a night where we got to fellowship, we got to just hang out and just enjoy one another's company. I, a lot of people have this misconception that like, Oh, if you are in ministry or grow God's kingdom, that like it's no fun. You can't have any enjoyment, like all of these things. And we had such a great time tasting wine and just enjoying one another's company and learning about wine. And so, yes, that is one amazing thing that I did not know about Scott is that he is a wine connoisseur. So you guys have a great bottle of wine. Send it his way. But uh, really, though, we we really value that time because it's really about building relationships. And that's really what all of that is for is is really to do that with people. And we just enjoy it, you know, so glory to God. Yeah, man, Scott. Once again, thank you so much for being on this week's episode of Chicago Business Review. Please check out their website, gripyouth.com. And there you'll be able to see information about SLAM, about Future Steps, about the ministry where they're going into the Chicago public schools to provide mentorship and tutoring. And if you guys can help in any way, please reach out to them. They'd be happy to discuss with you and see how you can partner with them. It is an amazing organization. They are genuinely changing the trajectory of people's lives by investing in their lives one-on-one and as small groups 
gathering. And then you're seeing that cycle perpetuate and more of those people are now investing in more people. And that's how you make an impact. So thank you so much, Scott, for all you're doing, not only for the city of Chicago, for the youth here, but all across. And also download the app Streetlights. Check it out. It is incredible. The music is amazing. The people that they get to read and or produce the music is just such talented individuals and just a great way to consume the word. So check that out as well. And please check out the site. Scott, thank you so much, my man. And if you guys like this episode, please leave us a comment or leave us a review and mention Scott or Grip, and we will make sure that we get you out some sort of Grip swag or things like that. So please share this episode with somebody that you feel like might benefit or can help by donating their time or their resources. We cannot do this alone. And so please, 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 Check out the website, www.gripyouth.com. Scott, thanks so much again for being a guest this week, my man. I hope you have a great rest of your day. And thank you guys for listening. We appreciate your support. And we'll see you next time on the Chicago Business Review. Thank you again for spending your valuable time with me today. I truly respect your time. So I hope this was valuable to you. And if you're a new listener, then thank you for checking out the show. And don't forget, you can find all the resources, links, and show notes on our Facebook group, Chicago Business Review. Just go to Facebook and search Chicago Business Review so that you can find out all the latest info on future podcasts, get all the show notes, and network with other highly successful and driven entrepreneurs and professionals in Chicago. Also, be sure to contact me while you're over there and share any feedback, questions, or guest recommendations you have as well. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time.